Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But have you got a clue? Or are you a big old kook? Since there's a million ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a thing or two. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason we started KookCast. Because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. <laughs> so bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom, one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. Have you checked it out? I answered a bunch of questions from members, I posted those videos up, and uh, got a body mechanics uh, video recently uploaded regarding compression and extension, and I think this week I'll be uploading a part two on body mechanics about rotations and turns, and uh, you, know, the, you know, the overriding theme here is body mechanics, how do you use your body as a surfer. Alright, so this week we got a special episode for you, well, actually, it's more special for me than it is for you because Coach Ev handled this one after two years of doing KookCast. <laughs> Coach Ev finally takes care of a week for me. <laughs> I'm stoked about it. It gave me a week off and it's a good one where Coach Ev and Uncle Freestyle were out surfing. They had a little bit of a collision. A little something went down and it was one of those classic cases of when one you know, one surfer is the paddler coming back out to the lineup. Another surfer is taking off on a wave and the paddler is like, oh boy, what do I do? And, you know, the reason that can become such a, uh, like a difficult situation to navigate is because the paddler is mostly thinking, I don't want to get crushed by this wave, you know? And if a surfer is in that range of them to be taking off on that wave, that means they must be just on the inside of where it's going to break. So, they basically have this op, uh, like opportunity to either paddle towards the open face of the wave and get over the top of the wave scot-free and not have to deal with the white water on the head and all that turbulence, uh, but also potentially interfere with the surfer's ride if you do that by paddling to the open face because that's where the surfer who's taking off wants to go, to the open face down the line. Of course, you don't want to be the kook that paddles up the face of the wave and gets in the surfer's way just because you don't want to get rocked. So the right thing to do is usually, you know, this is such a, a dynamic, nuanced situation, so it's different all the time, but usually the right choice is to actually paddle towards the part of the wave that's already broken and wear that thing on the head so that the surfer taking off can draw whatever line out they want to. And then there's the other part of the confusion because as you're paddling out and looking at the surfer taking off on this wave, you might have an assumption about what they're going to do, but that's how you would surf the wave, not necessarily what that guy's going to do. And while you're looking at him and looking at the wave and thinking, oh, he's going to totally highline this thing, I'm going to be fine if I just go right over here, or he's going to drop down deep and do a big round bottom turn, I'll be able to go around him. He might do the totally opposite thing. He might fade the takeoff. He might. There's so many lines that you can draw on the face of the wave that you're better off not assuming what the surfer is going to do and rather just going to the whitewater where you're sure the surfer doesn't want to go and wear that thing on the head, do a turtle roll, do a duck dive, press up and get blasted. It's all so much more noble than getting in the way of the surfer. 
All right, and let's uh, let's listen to Coach Ev and Uncle Freestyle break down this whole situation they got into because it's uh, it's fun to listen to both sides of the story. All right, here we go. We're in the back at Auntie Dre's at the Zuckerman's pad, sparking a fresh. You got a nice fresh, a fresh cup of coffee, and we got some fresh material to cover. It's actually something that's, you know, uh, a situation that every surfer has found themselves in. That decision on, am, do I have time to make it through this wave without getting in the surfer's way who's coming down the line? We, it happens on the regular, especially nowadays with these busy-ass surf spots. Mm. And... A lot of, you know, it's it's a very intricate communication between the surfer taking off on the wave and then the surfer on the inside. There's there's a lot of little, little um, signs that both surfers are, are doing that the other, each other, you need to be reading each other as that situation is approaching. It all has to do with every, it has to do with everything the surfer who's actually the two surfers involved mm -hmm. the wave involved the equipment involved just there's just so much involved um and it can go a hundred different ways yeah interesting you mentioned the equipment because shortboards can handle a sh quick maneuver they can change directions quickly they can, you can, you can at the last second realize you've gotten into a spot. We're talking about when we're, when we're, I, I think I know what you're talking about. We, we had an incident out there on the longboards and that was a, um, you know, regrettable incident. And, and it was, it was avoidable. It was avoidable. It was and avoidable. it's something that we can, we can really, yeah. we're going to pick this one apart because yeah. we're, we're both learn. Obviously this is an e right. a never ending journey of knowledge and learning when you're, when you're surfing. So, so this is the perfect opportunity to discuss this together. And luckily no one got hurt. Um, yeah. We're going to upload a picture of the board though. We got it, got so it. for our listeners to see what kind of damage can be done in such a short yeah. little m period of time and thank goodness it wasn't anywhere on your body it wasn't your head your arm your hands your you know we, yeah. we got we actually got really lucky here yeah. on this we, one we, so we did number one rule we preserved our our the sanctity of our lives and anyone <laughs> else's out there so that was important the boards didn't fare as well one of them fared well and the other one didn't we um, know which one fared well that's the big tanker 50 year old hobie yeah hobie's retro -fin, baby. 1950s d-fin that glass job was is they must have been using 10 ounce the fiber maybe glass. that was that w maybe that's what slowed you down just enough so that you were right in the target the the bullseye for me to almost just run cut you in half luckily i was a little bit in front of you and i ran over the front of mm -hmm. the board the nose but yeah. i was i'm just thinking to myself you know the hobie 
the rocker, the rel, everything about that. It's kind of, it's kind of a dog through the water. It's pretty slow through the water. Um, it's the, certainly as slow to adjust and to make, um, to make adjustments. Right. There's, no, you know, when you've got a big fin in the back that with all that volume, it, it doesn't swing around and it doesn't change directions like modern equipment does. Modern equipment foils they've taken it to the next level they're wonderfully able to be uh, nimble and turning well not on an old d-fin and that was part of the problem is is i wasn't able to make an, a make a quick adjustment and i had miscalculated your ability to reach that clear water that i was heading for and that's not, sh that shouldn't be the number one goal here is for, to find clean water to get through a wave, especially when somebody is charging down the line, especially when that somebody has about 10 feet of rail engaged in the wave. How on earth can that person make a quick loop and get around someone who's paddling up the face. Right. I, and even though I have so much, all that experience and years behind me, it was a lapse in judgment. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't sure who, you know, I tried to find fault at first and I thought, my God, this is, I need to understand better how the only two people in the water could somehow have <laughs> collided. <laughs> <laughs> and two people who know what they're doing out there and we were having a blast, yeah. you know, and we were just kind of, we were, we were doing a duet, you know, you would take off on a wave and then, then I would wait out the back and, and it's, it's a great way to see each other's rides and to, and to have a great session together. So it was kind of a surprise to both of us that we found ourselves in this situation and mm. it's a, again, I open this up as this is a classic situation. This happens a lot, and this we, we need to break it down clearly. Um, who has right of way when somebody's on the inside paddling out, and someone's on the outside setting up a wave and taking off on a wave? Uh, ob objectively, we can just go. We can side on the, the side of caution, which is the surfer taking off on the wave has right of way. They actually they they have the opportunity to to set up and change their line if there's somebody paddling out and they can't really make an adjustment. Mm. It's also on them to to you know the skill of the surfer to adjust their line. That that's gonna happen where you have to adjust your line and and that's when I look back on it, I saw that I was pretty stubborn in that in that regard. The, the really the only thing that I could have done is seeing the whole situation coming together, seeing you kind of put your head down and start to really run for the to shoulder try to you. and try to beat me. Mm -hmm. And right then and there was probably when I could have either just straight dropped that pretty little left hander and just straight dropped it and, and Giving up the wave, yeah. no big Sa deal. It would have been a sacrifice. Little sacrifice, yeah. you know, a little humanness, a little bit of By humanness. By the same token, me paddling out, I shouldn't have expected that you 
would have to sacrifice that wave in order for me to get to my destination, which was out there. So there's certainly some calculations that were that we were made that were just slightly off. We only nicked each other. So had we only been a little smarter, we would have avoided that. But uh, so on that was me mm -hmm. on my uh, me on my end. I I had a couple options. For one, I could have just pulled back on the wave. Boom. Been maybe there was another one right behind it. I could have taken off on. Uh, I could have seen it happening. Straight dropped the thing. Stayed way on the tail. Slowed down in the white water. Control mm -hmm. my board. Yeah. No big deal. Give you a little shit. What the fuck, Uncle? You're right. in the goddamn way. I would have still forced you to sacrifice that wave in that position, and, and but, that shouldn't that shouldn't really that didn't need to happen. Right. So now, those are my two other options. I went with plan A. Mm. Fucking go on this yeah. juicy little left-hander. I'm deep. I'm in the pocket. I'm on 11-1 spear, single fin, no leash, and I'm going. And Uncle's on the inside, and he's going to know. He's not. He's going to know to stay far away from this giant spear, this giant weapon, and seeing how I set that wave up in the level of commitment and conviction on the mm. drop. Those are the little cues that I was talking about earlier that both surfer taking off on the wave and surfer on the inside need to yeah. be totally reading each other. Yeah. And, and so maybe if I was playing around and I was a little bit too far behind the peak or something, then you would have made that decision like, oh yeah, he's probably not gonna make this one, so I'm just gonna jam it out get right. punched through the lip. I can make it under the lip, you know? You were definitely gonna make it under the lip, mm -hmm. you know? And that was kind of the goal. But then when when we talked about it the, the next day in the morning up in Pops' room, you know, I, I broke it down more as I would say a student, if a student and I got into that same situation, I would break it down more objectively. Mm -hmm. The the goal for the surfer on the inside paddling out through the lineup is to not put themselves in a compromised situation that's going to affect another surfer's potential ride. Yeah. So that, that, and that comes to my options as the guy on the inside paddling out. So you you presented yours now let me present mine which i had two options i could have kind of sucked it up as we say and and taken it on the head and just getting a little had a little whitewash you know the wave had already broken um so that's that's to the angling towards the broken part the big white water yeah. that's slamming that and you had already left. You had already left that round. Left behind. In hindsight, that would have been the better route for me to bear off and just take it on the head. Basically <laughs> split whatever yeah. direction the server's going, you're going the opposite direction. Hard, yeah. hard and away. Even if it means you're gonna get rolled by, steamrolled yeah. by that. Yeah. And, it, and it wasn't a big wave. No, you know, it, wasn't. it was a It was a three foot wave or something like that. That was the safe bet. That would have been the right thing to do unless I was absolutely sure that I could beat you to the clear water, which I did think, and I underestimated your ability, your speed, and I, and I shouldn't have. Because if it was me, 
I would have been a little not nearly as 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 quick on that wave. So you came up on me fast, and I refused to yield in my stubbornness. And uh, we both a refused a to y yield. <laughs> and and by the time it was on us, it was too late to change anything. Mm. And I true. You were coming up the face, and I was running a really the highest line yeah, that I could, and then the finally I'm like, oh line. fuck, we're gonna hit. So I moved, I kind of like scooted forward on the board. Oh, to give yourself an angle. To sh yeah, because I knew like I was gonna run over your board. So as right before I did a, I got on a really high line, and I got a little bit forward on the board, and I felt a big old clunk in the tail and the fin. Big old clunk. And then I kind of, it kind of threw me forward, jumped down on the nose of the board and kind of wrestled it through that, uh, that next, the end of the section, kind of like pulled through the back of the lip. And um, I came up, you know, and, and. Yeah, I noticed you, you took another, another couple waves after that without even realizing you had damage. Yeah, exactly. So right after that, I figured, oh my gosh, this fin box is going to be blasted. So I flip the board over and I feel oh, all around the box and, and I can't see even a stress crack. I can't see anything. I can see a little like s white mark on the fin and a little bit of like wax on the fin. And then we were really close. We just freaking mowed into each other. Mm -hmm and you checked your board and we could see the rake mark of the fin right over the top of the of the nose of the of the hobie and i mean it barely stressed the glass at all well just, I, I noticed that it took it took it down to an original color of the old <laughs> the old brightness that the old hobie i noticed that right off without actually creating any uh, uh visual damage at all and uh and then it wasn't until I got on, that we switched boards and I got on the your board and realized that the fin had been pushed right up through the box and was sticking out the top of the board. It's it the like top deck. Yeah, it split the the plastic box in half, and the fi the base of the fin and the the top half of the box got blasted erupted through the deck of the board but it was so the the reason why i wasn't affecting the way the board was riding too because much, you weren't the owner <laughs> because was because there was no there was no break in water flow on the bottom there's no damage to the bottom of the box and the water was still running clean over the rails now the only difference was the fin was smaller was shorter not as deep and it was raked out even more so that it was it was swept back towards the tail of the, well, so it was it was running just fine i mean it really was just fine and one other th one other thing that i remember you saying about um maybe something that could have changed the outcome of that is something that we teach with the surf continuum and surfing fundamentals is is what we all aspire to do which is kick out of the back of the wave that we're riding and slide down the back of that wave right into paddling position so that you are you go from riding towards the beach or angled down the line to 
pointing straight back out the back mm -hmm. and down and paddling with that momentum. That's, a, that's the, about the smoothest dismount as you could possibly do so that you have that momentum and your timing is such that you get through that next wave of the set before it's cresting. Because you've, got, you've used some of your momentum to change your direction. I find it tricky to do that on a long board, to change that direction. Oh yeah, to so, that hard direction. So you, mu is, you step back? Step back, do it a little earlier than you would, if, if you were just say riding that wave, that was a, that your ender, your final wave, and you were just gonna milk it. If you know you're trying to kick back out and go grab another one, if the section presents itself to you to get a little speed, step back, turn that board. At, you know, you might not get it out of 90 to the, to the horizon, but you'll get it angled slightly in the direction that you need it to go, which is out the back and, and at a diagonal. Yeah. At a diagonal, and then you're back down and you're paddling and you're smooth out of there, even if somebody is dropping on that that next wave and coming down the line. So that's just something we all aspire to. And just, yeah. I knew, I know you said something like, oh, maybe if I would have just, if I would have bopped on my board quicker and got my momentum going, then I would have been that 12 inches through the wave while, while you came flying past me. And that happens a lot too. Um, that's just another, another option there. Yeah, well, that's a good, that's a good point. It's, it's always a good habit to paddle hard as you can back out there because you never know, especially on a longboard, surfing without a leash as we do, that uh, the potential of being in the, in the wrong zone, in that impact zone where you don't want to be on the paddle out, the potential of that is great um, with the, with the longboard, gr greater maybe. And then the whole point uh, that I wanted to, oh, uh, about making that exit, changing speed that here. Kick out, that, that kick, kick out, out, dismount. That kick out, dismount. Transition from riding to paddling. Yeah. What about it? Well, surfing with, what my point was, surfing without a leash actually enhances that 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 ability well it forces you that need yeah it's, it's the need. need because you don't have the backup of that leash uh you could if if you any mistakes you'll lose your board and you just have to you have to know ahead of time that you're not going to use that leash right and so by learning to kick out and find your way back onto your board paddling seems to work best without a leash you're not tangled in it you have you're forced to right that's to do it correctly and we talk about this a lot I bet on you the coup cast is is surfing without a leash being very good for your surfing very good for your board control skills this this is board control skills that's mm -hmm. what we're talking about you're flying down the line on a big board can you control it can you effectively scoot back get get your back foot over that fin Weight your back foot, mm. turn your head, look out the back, and just carve right out the mm. back. And then go right into that smooth transition where you lower yourself back down onto the board and you keep that momentum cruising right back out the back. That's what, that's what the surf continuum is all about. That's the, yeah, I've seen the you do that on the, on the long doing board. Doing laps. Mm. We're doing laps out there. The cleaner the lap, 
the better you feel, the, the less energy, the less, you know, energy that's wasted there, you know, as you get better at kicking out and finding good paddling position, you go straight into it. When you're first learning, you kind of, maybe you step back too much and you kill too much speed and you barely get the board turned around and then you lay yourself down and then you got to reset yourself again sure. and get going. But so at least you haven't lost the board. And even if you've miscalculated that part, you've, you, you have to re, regain your momentum. I noticed you use that technique even on the long board as far as the kicking out the back and getting back down onto the board, paddling again. And I was surprised to see you can use that technique on long boards and short boards if you, if you really think about it. Right, if, if you set it, like the bigger the board, you just gotta set it up a little bit earlier. You see that little closeout section coming. Mm. You do a couple little up and down climb and drop to, to get some speed so that when you do lay that thing on rail, it's going to respond and squirt you through that turn and give you that follow little through. extra and that little follow through to kick you out and to, to make that change of the direction powerfully mm -hmm. and you know, sometimes you don't time it quite right. So that's why it's so important for you to really commit to that, that kick out or that pull out and really rail that thing over. Mm. Because sometimes there's like a little lip, a little bit of lip that you got to get through. It's happened to all of us no leash surfers. You do a little half-ass kick out, boom, board's gone. Board's gone. But if you, if, if you see the, if you see the pros pull through the back of a wave man they bury that rail so hard and like those those pictures of sean thompson at back door he's basically in the same surfer stance but he's blown himself through the back of the wave with so much speed and just taken that but just stayed centered over his board you know the way that they pull through a two you know like a closeout tube they wait to the last minute let the thing jack up, throw over them, and then they just pull through the back. And they used to be able to do it without leashes on and keep the board. Nowadays, pros do it, but then right at the last minute, they jump off the board. They most, most people do. But really good professionals, you'll see them, they can kick out almost any time. They dig their rail in and they get down on their board into like the paddling hmm. position really quick and then they boom they come back up with the board just like i do backside on a short board i dig it in and jump down at the same time effectively going into like a duck dive i go from surfing to carving into the flats backside back towards the whitewater and then jump down right at the last minute, right before me and the whitewater hit again. Mm -hmm. And I use that momentum to punch right through. And I come up as if I just duck dove that wave, paddling. Yeah, I've seen you do it over and over. And it's, it, it, it's easier said than done. It's one of the most difficult maneuvers to really pull off over and over. And it's, it's, it's something that I have aspired to my and surfing career over decades and it's amazing that i'm still not there but i will one day yeah it's it's just a, a constant never-ending journey and like, search you know like you say surfing without a leash enhances it because you're forced to um, you're forced to pull those maneuvers more if you don't have a leash you have to there's no choice so that's what's 
trained you? It's like, what's, what came first? Le no leash riding or, you know. Proper kickouts yeah, and pull Yeah, or proper kickouts. No leash riding. I think no yeah, leash riding. Absolutely. Um, you know, and this, this reminds me of something that we talked about with how our conversation started about the, the incident of us coming together in the water was adhering to the code. Coach Chris and I, uh, one of our great clients hooked us up with, with Sean Thompson's The Code and you used that, that phrase the other day in adhering to the code and basically what it comes down to going back to no leash surfing and blah, 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 blah. And, and right of way is preserving the code. Your job as the surfer for the being on the inside is to allow that rider to ride that wave out un cluttered unfettered unfettered just give them you know they they got in position for that wave you know how hard it is your job you your job as a communal surfer or somebody who who is adds to being in the lineup is just is just making that decision early so that it doesn't have to be that tight or that scary or leave a lasting impression or <laughs> result in big dinger pairs or something mm -hmm. like that it's just like it, we both kind of had an ego thing going on there and it ended up not working out very well It really well should all. be about camaraderie and not a contest at that point. Who's in the right, who's in the wrong, none of, you know, it we don't have to go contest. there. The contest, you, you're both in the same contest, you're both trying to be out there, get mm -hmm. decent rides, have fun, hoot, laugh, and come in yeah. with all your we limbs We really are on the shit. same team intact you know yeah. and boards intact that should be the goal yeah you know not not to it, it's not a contest not yeah. who well we who failed on that, on that regard uh, this time we did we and did as far as coming out of the water with everything intact at least we had our our arms and fingers all intact but it, it you know long boards there's 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 a bit of you know uh liability and danger involved in surfing and we you know it's it should be thought about especially when you're remote and there's you know you're on a beach somewhere uh you have to really preserve the sanctity of life under at first uncle, at first uncle uncle pz calls that first you're laughing then you're crying fun one second we're having a blast out there trading boards trading waves and then the next i'm like I'm like, get the fuck away from me, uncle. You stay out, you stay on that peak. I guess we really do have to surf apart we, we on this two peaks. mile stretch of beach. We actually have to be about a half a mile apart for us to be safe, <laughs> you know? No. But that's not the case. We, we're, we're now, we've, and this also is the right thing to do. When you, when you get into some, uh, a collision or altercation an altercation you should sit down and talk it out you should sit down and talk it out and and get past this i was in the right whose fault whose fault is it you know there was ways that we could have avoided this and and we'll do better next time i know we will because these leave lasting marks it's not only is it going to be hours of ding repair on this baby 
to get her back seaworthy. It just, every little collision and close call leaves a mark and that's how surfing is. You learn from your mistakes. You coop the shit out of it and then you you just, you can't forget it. Basically, every, almost every time you get in the water, you, get, you just kind of remember it. Oh God, that feeling of goofing it and I, I didn't back down and I almost fucking killed my, my uncle, my, my mentor, the guy who got us in the water, paddled us out here the very first time. So, you know, be real with it, peeps, and and uh, try to have that mentality that we just broke down to where we're all on the same page here. I mean, we're all on the same team. We have it. We're out there to do the same thing. Yeah, dig deep. Find the camaraderie. It's not a contest. Just have fun. Double, both shoes, that was a blast. Thanks, man.